Hello, Two Principles Podcast listeners. We are so grateful for all the support and appreciate you checking in with us wherever you listen to your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate, review our podcast. You can also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Two Principles. Check us out on the web at twoprinciples.com. We are so grateful for our Two Principles podcast partners, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. We are excited to record our Two Principles podcast from the beautiful HealthWise Yoga and Wellness Studio located right here in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Green Boy Brand. We want to thank Green Boy Brand for helping us design our Two Principles artwork and logo. They can help you customize your brand. If you're looking for an artwork design or logo or some cool merchandise, check them out at greenboybrand.com. They have done work for schools, businesses, sports organizations, and everything in between. When you go with Green Boy, you're choosing to get a personal touch rather than a cookie cutter look. Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, where we help you get out of your head and into your heart. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. My name is Jenny Lang, and I'm hanging out with the Two Principles. I want to show you this, too. <laughs> Just so you know, look what I dug out. Oh my gosh, I have it. I know exactly where mine is, too. Wait till you see what he was voted most likely or whatever. <laughs> In there with oh, Kelly, I didn't even look. With Kelly, uh, I can't think of her oh, last Sanoa? name. Oh, Sanoa? Yeah, you guys were like the most, I don't know, oh, biggest like flirt. or something? <laughs> oh. I know it wasn't the, the most studious. I know it wasn't that. So. <laughs> no. no, we left that to Bick and somebody else, yeah. like Mike Price or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Kevin, are you just kind of rolling right now? Is that kind of what's going on? We're good. Okay, that's good. Tech so. crew has set everything up. Oh, I'm so <laughs> good. It was so <laughs> nice of them to show up today. Um, the mic's good, Kevin. Yeah, we're mic'd The soundboard. You got the soundboard rolling. I'm feeling good. Jen, you feeling good? Feeling good. Kev, you feeling good? Feeling great. All right, let's. Hey, like you know what? I think we're gonna have an epic show today. I'm super excited. Um, Kevin, you got the intro music rolling still? It's going. Hello and welcome to today's show. Hey, as always, super excited to be here today with my good friend Kevin, and we are thrilled to have Jenny Lang in the studio today. I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the Two Principles, the Two Principles podcast where we put the focus on leadership, work-life balance, stress reduction, and mental health. Thanks for tuning in today as we continue to walk this journey together, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. Every episode, we will stay true to the Two Principles purpose. We will consider the impact of our words and actions. We will begin, begin, we will be in the moment. We will stay present. We will give it our best today. And of course, we're always going to try to have a little bit of fun. I want to touch on the mailbag here real quick. And I, first of all, really appreciate the, the feedback that we do get from our listeners. And again, if you do have questions uh, for us, please email them to us at uh, twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'd be happy to uh, answer your questions or send us a text. Or if you see us, just let us know. But Kevin, a couple of questions that came in here that I want to yeah. talk about. One is... The question came in, what does raise your frequency mean? 
Because I know that's what we we say a lot. What does that mean? We do. Um, the beauty of that phrase is I think it's going to mean something different for everybody. Um, for me, the, the, I think the general um, idea behind it is 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 raising your game, uh, having a higher standard, um, finding something that you're trying to accomplish, finding something that you're trying to work on, and and uh, raising raising your your level. Um, so for me, that's that's how I'm interpreting it, and, and uh, it works for me that way. Yeah, and I and I'm going to look at it from. I would I would agree with you there, but also the the vibration, the vibration of the universe, and and if you have low vibrational frequency, uh, that's when kind of the mood you don't feel good, you're not doing things. But as you raise your vibrational, uh, you know, frequency and energy, that's when you start feeling better, and you're more in tune with yourself, more in tune with the universe around you. So that folks is what raise your frequency means to us next question here real quick what is your target audience it's a good one um you know originally when we started this i think we were we were wanting to target leaders um not necessarily educational leaders but just just leaders in general um regardless of what it is that they're doing for work um so adults really (laughs) but we've come to find in the in the last few weeks um people are finding us that we weren't expecting right. to find us um namely students and so um you know even though i say we're, we're targeting adults um in leadership positions i i think there's there's nuggets of information that are that are going to be applicable to uh whoever it is that's finding us i would agree and yeah. i think uh the topics that we talk about uh, can you know can mean something to anybody that is to mean something to anybody that's listening to this and you know also we have you know some college students too that are tuning in and all that other stuff too so i think that's i think it'll be good for us as we continue to go i think there's a lot of things that listeners will be able to gain i hope from these podcasts we have a great guest on today uh jenny lang who i'm super thrilled i've got a lot of questions for her and i'm just gonna jump into this because we're talking about the check-in here and i know last week kevin i talked to you about the cold therapy mm-hmm. you know doing uncomfortable yeah. things have you have you started that i'm I, I'm, I'm challenging I'm inching, you i'm, inching I'm challenging closer. you to do that i just told you a little earlier before we started uh, recording that i i'm listening to a podcast right now where they're they're talking about the science and the research yeah, behind it i um, love it uh the huberman lab and, oh yeah it's a great podcast. and so i'm starting to think about okay this wanting week, to try it. all right let's let's this week how, jen how about you what's your thought on cold therapy and that whole doing on something uncomfortable and all that stuff. What do you got to say about that? Or do you do that? Is that something you do? I have tried it out. I So cold showers, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't mind, you could, I don't mind sticking my feet in the snow, bare feet. I just did that this morning. It doesn't, it's not for very long. On purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like for a It's th- like kind a, of, and it's also, we could talk about grounding and yes, things like that. So, that. Um, <laughs> so, but I'm surprised you, you can, just didn't get up and jump up and down. <laughs> Um, but yeah, cold therapy. I have friends that actually, if you're familiar with Wim Hof. Oh yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. the Ice Man. Oh yeah. yeah yes. I've known him for years. Known about him for yeah. years. I wish I knew him personally. Um, great science. I mean, there's documentaries with him in it. Watching and else for him, it's not just the cold therapy, but it's the control of the mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing to see what he does. There was even a documentary with him actually getting injected with an illness, and he actually controlled the impact it had on his body through his mind. It was just they study him um so i i think and then cold therapy for especially for athletes you know Mm -hmm. 
for you know kevin for you like with these huge runs you're going you're gonna go on a 50 mile run i heard um that would probably be excellent for your body to recover faster there you go athletes do it yeah there you go that is there it is the challenge i and i do it i do it every morning (laughs) i i put myself through that every morning for about two minutes um and i've just done a lot of reading and research on that i have felt the benefits of it um personally uh, again everybody's on their own journey people are going to do what they want but i do i do like that and i love what you had to say there about that so also kevin real quick before i turn it over to you uh i read a great article this week on the importance of taking care of yourself and the research behind positive relationships in your life and how it equates to greater well-being and longevity so the whole point of this article was talking about a you have to find ways to take care of yourself to go inward to get yourself in a better spot but then the relationships that you have with others and those positive interactions you have if it's with your spouse with friends with your your kids whatever that equates to greater well-being and longevity what's your what's your initial reaction on that absolutely agree with that i mean it's you know we've talked about this i mean i'm an introvert by nature um i like being alone I, i i find getting energized by that but even being an introvert i I know what it's like when there's maybe a strained relationship in your life whether it's a family member or a colleague it just doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. right and it it throws your whole kind of vibe off so um yeah wholeheartedly agree with that what do you what do you think jen about that oh absolutely um and i know i'll talk more about what i did but i've seen it firsthand where and that's what I'm doing now with this business too, is building that community because um, the human to human connection is, I almost think of it as lighter fluid Mm -hmm. on making change in your own life. Um, The connections you make and you learn from other people, um, their experiences, their points of view, everything is uh, really impactful for your life and your well-being. And and that's where most of the stuff that you learn is coming from is just sharing those ideas and those wins and, and it lifts you up energetically. When you see someone else doing well and you had a part into that, like encouraging them to do something, then your energy goes up as well. Absolutely. So it has a, you know, a kind of a boomerang effect. I love it, I love it. Um, and Kevin, I guess the last thing I would say is it's continuing to stay motivated, yeah. stay disciplined and uh, consistent. So that's where I'm at. How about you, where are you at? I would echo that uh, it was a exceptionally tough week i think for me um for a variety of reasons um and so one of the things that i do with with social media other than trying to find pictures of dogs which is my favorite thing to do um i like to find quotes and um you know little inspirational type things they resonate with me I, i i read them all the time i purposely try to find them um and i came across this one that for, for me, this week seemed to be um, exceptionally um, on, on point. And it says, your competition isn't other people. Your competition is your procrastination, your ego, the unhealthy food you're consuming, the knowledge you neglect, the negative behavior you're nurturing, and your lack of creativity. Compete against that. Mm-hmm. So Love it. for a variety of reasons, that... that um, uh, message really really hit home with me this week and so um yeah that's other great other than that i you know same with you just trying to be consistent that's a great message hey how's your um i know i like to check in with you how's your how's your training going for your 50 miler 
Um, just fine. <laughs> did you get a, did good. you did you get did you get a half marathon in today? Uh, or tomorrow? I did fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Oh god, baby. I'll you do. Only, you only did fourteen. Huh? I'll do probably ten tomorrow. Okay. All right. Jenny, how about you? Are you a, are you a runner? Have you ever done a 50 miler? Not 50. And I don't, I don't think I ever will. I mean, you never know. I'm pretty, I'm a high achiever, but, um, I did for my 40th, I decided to do grandma's half marathon. Oh, nice. Good for that you. was awesome. And training for that, that was a big deal. Cause in high school I weighed like a whole 105 pounds. I couldn't run a mile to save my life. Like I remember <laughs> doing that in gym class and no, um, I probably walked half of it. I just was never like a super big athlete um but i always am one of those that challenges myself and push myself a little bit so that's for my 40th i was like well i'm gonna run for this it was for a good cause um that there was a team actually organized so i jumped in and said heck i'll train for it and that was a big deal for me that's awesome a little fun fact for the listeners she talks about how she was 110 pounds in high school we could verify that because we actually went to high school together we graduated (laughs) together and i happen to have our senior yearbook yeah no we're gonna have so to take we a, might have to take a look at that take some, yeah i'd like to see some <laughs> oh, of gosh that. i actually want to see some pictures of you can make put some stories just from jenny yeah. here before full you head of hair let me yeah. tell you um hey let's uh let's 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 introduce uh let's jenny. do this yeah we are extremely excited and appreciative to have jenny lang uh on the show today uh national board certified health and wellness coach worksite wellness specialist and coach for busy moms on the show. Uh, Jenny has a wealth of experience in overall well-being, work-life balance, stress reduction, mental health, and everything in between. Um, As always, it is great to learn from others. We want to thank Jenny for being here, taking time out of your busy schedule, driving in another winter storm here in Minnesota uh, to get to us this morning. So appreciate it very much. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm okay. excited to be here. Fantastic. Great. Well, Jenny, it is now time for the random question of the show. So, last episode's question was, would you rather go 48 hours without sleep or 72 hours without food? I would rather go 72 hours without food. Okay. Tell me a little bit why. Sleep uh, is just, I can't. That one I have to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can easily, I actually, as I'm getting older, I find that I eat less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that's a natural biological thing. Um, but I, and I actually don't mind intermittent fasting. So for me to go three yeah. days of not eating, I'm okay with that. Well, yeah, we're going to, we'll talk a little bit about that. Last, last episode I did, I, br- I brought that up because there's different, um, people fast for different reasons. There's the religious reasons and then there's the, the health benefits, the intermittent fasting. And I, I've done that and I continue to do that. Um, I too would do the 72. I've done 36 hours. No, I shouldn't say no problem. That was relatively easy for me to go 36 hours, but I think I could do the, the 72 and maybe that's something this summer that I, I could do. Kevin, are you, I know you said too, you no were, food. Yep. Yeah. I mean the 48 hours, without, sleep. I just, I, I gotta get sleep. Otherwise, yeah, I get a little cranky and crabby. So this, this, uh, episode's question, this week's episode question is, are you early to bed or do you stay up late? So are you a morning person or a night owl? I am a morning person. I would rather go to bed and be in bed 
you know, nine, ten o'clock at night and get up at five, five o'clock, six, maybe, depending how late I go to bed. I am always, I always aim to get that eight hours of sleep. Okay. So obviously I'm a mom, so I flex, you know, I have to flex that schedule, but eight hours, I'm, I'd rather wake up early. There is just something so peaceful with waking up early in the morning by yourself <laughs> and starting your day in a, you know, starting the day without the mom, 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 mom. <laughs> So that's keep, what I would prefer. Keep getting that time, that's awesome. Kevin, how about you? Yeah, what you, morning. Yeah, I knew that about you. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, this is off of uh, Healthline here. I pulled this up this week. I did a little reading on this. But there are two kinds of people in this world. People who delight in hearing the bird song first thing in the morning and people who groan and wish the birds had a mute button. So there are... What it says here, what's an early bird? Early birds tend to go to bed early. They wake up early. They feel their best as the day begins. They have less energy in the late afternoon and evening and have a hard time staying awake past a certain hour. So that would uh, make sense. And it says, as a general rule, early birds find society more accommodating than night owls do. Early risers generally have an easier time adjusting to standard daytime schedules, which can make it easier to function at workplaces that operate during the day. Okay, how about the night owls? Because I'm sure there are listeners. I know um, I know a lot of people, friends, who are night owls. But night owls tend to stay up late. They enjoy sleeping in. They feel their best later in the day. They have more energy at night. They feel tired after waking up early. Have a hard time staying alert during the day. And so being a night owl does have a few downsides since most of society is structured around a daytime schedule like a nine to five workday or school schedule or college classes. Late risers might have a harder time holding a traditional job. Young night owls might even have trouble adjusting to a fixed schedule. So a little bit about night owls early risers it's good to know jenny lang is an early riser and get up early and, and have that peaceful time i know you're busy as a mom and so that time is is good so thanks for playing along random question of the day so kevin let's right. uh let's go with the questions huh let's get into this and learn a little bit more about jenny okay jenny why don't you just in general why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself your background where did you grow up Where'd you go to school? Obviously, I know that. But uh, tell us about being a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach, Worksite Wellness Specialist, and a coach for busy moms. What does all of that look like? Who is Jenny? So I'll just start with born and raised and still being raised in Minnesota. (laughs) Uh, I grew up uh, on the south side of Fridley, so close to Columbia Heights, if anyone knows that area, Um, and had lived there all the way till I got married, pretty much. So... Um, I went to private school um, as a kid, so from kindergarten to eighth grade, so I was actually always afraid of the principal. So now that I'm sitting in a room with two of them, I'm double afraid. Um, just kidding. But we, I mean, I went to a private school back in the 80s, and I am dating myself. I'm okay with that. Um, and it had a principal that was a nun, and I had neat teachers that were nuns even sure. back then. So yeah. they, were, they were intimidating. She scared me. Yeah. Um, but then I, so I grew up, I went to a public high school, and Kevin, that's when I met you. Yep. And I, after high school, I ended up having, my mom actually got injured. So my mom actually raised, I'm the youngest of seven for my mother, eight for my father. He had a child before they met. Um, So I'm the youngest. And so um, most of my life, my parents were divorced. So they got divorced when I was like a year old. So it was just my mom taking care of all his kids. 
Um, so then I just, um, when she, when I was graduating high school, she had injured her back to the point she couldn't work. So I ended up delaying my college education to stay and work full time right out of call or out of high school. So I went kind of when I was working already in high school just to have income or whatever. We didn't have much money at all. So I delayed college and worked the first year so she could actually recover. And then um, I went back to school, but because we didn't have money, I didn't, you know, no parents to be able to pay. I just put myself through school. So I went uh, to a community college for three years, get my AA degree, and then put in and then I applied to a private college called University of St. Thomas and went there for an additional two and a half. So college took me a little while to get through, but I was also working, I was going full time, working 30 hours a week. So that's where the whole anxiety and stress level started really kicking in. Um, so that's kind of where I, now hindsight is 2020, you look back and you're like, yep, that's where it was, where it was going. So, um, and so then as I, I finished college and kind of was an older student, um, I, during that time actually, I was working in the real estate and mortgage industry. It was during the time of huge refinance boom, things like that. Um, so it was very busy and I'm always one of those that would want to do more. So of course the, my boss, who I was his administrative assistant, also made me a loan consultant. So I was doing two jobs at the same time, crazy. Um, but then I realized I didn't like working with people's money. It was a very <laughs> touchy subject and it was like, ugh and really strange conversations with people. So I actually got out of that and went and started working at a large corporation here in the Twin Cities in 2004 and um, and just kind of worked my way back up because when I entered there, I had to go back down to an analyst level, which I was totally okay with because that's always what I always thought I was gonna do. So to become a health coach and be sitting here right now talking about health coaching was not in the cards, like I even like think about it, I'm like what the heck would a health coach be back then? But um, I worked my way up in that corporate ladder and worked hard and um, did not treat myself very well. I was one of those, I was super ambitious and then I had children and I would be one of those that would work all day at work, come home, eat dinner, put the baby to bed and work again until 10, 11 o'clock mm -hmm. at night and do yeah. that over and over and over and even on the weekends. Um, my my um, career is so important to me. It always has been. And I knew I, I think stay-at-home moms have the hardest job. I'm not equipped to do 100% stay-at-home. They have the hardest job because I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. So I wanted to work and try to do both, be a mom and have a career that was important. So that's what I ended up doing. But what ended up happening is in around 2011, I had my second son in 2011. He was, he had an unknown birth defect that we couldn't uncover for about two years right before his second birthday. But my, during that, trying to help him and he was constantly sick, my health just continued to get worse and worse. So that's um, where it led me in, um, to the path of like, I need to make some health changes. I had a pretty ma major scare um, with regards to finding a mass in my back. Um, at the time, we ended up finding out what was wrong with him, which was totally fine. He's completely healthy now. Um, and that literally, I always said that that mass, it's not malignant, it's benign, it's just there. We don't know what it is, but if it's still there, I don't get scanned anymore. But that was my go button. I always say that that was like, somebody just slapped me in the back of the head from the universe and said, girl, wake up, you're going down the wrong path. So you need to make some changes. And that's what led me. I, 
started doing hot yoga. Gosh, mm. I love hot yoga. Oh, I do too. More, we need more of those studios. Big fan of that. <laughs> um, hot yoga and um, just started experimenting and trying. It was always, it was, was it frustrating and lonely? Yeah, I was the weird one in the family eating the healthy stuff <laughs> and trying things out. Um, but then I just kept doing it. And I was at that yoga studio and there was a flyer sitting at the front door and I looked at it and it was for this health coach. And I'm like, what the heck's a health coach? Well, I'm looking at her, I'll look her up. And I hired her for about three months and she kind of laughed. She's like, you're kind of more an advanced client because I was like really motivated. Yeah. My health was pretty bad. So I'm like, I'm motivated. So hired her and I started asking like, what is, how did you get into this? Cause she was a lawyer who left law to become a wow. health coach after her father had Alzheimer's. She's like, this isn't my life. Like, I, huh. I'm gonna completely change my career. So I asked her about the schooling. So she went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition out of New York. It was the, it, I think it's still currently one of the largest, it at the time was the largest health coaching school in the world. And so I looked into it and literally signed up and started the very following July uh, for a one-year, very immense, you know, immersive program to become certified. And that was in 2014 when I graduated. So I'm still sitting here working my corporate job, having young children, and then I get certified um, as a health coach. And you become very aware when you're kind of the oddball at the corporate office <laughs> drinking the green juice in the middle of like the meeting and like what is that um and people ask questions they get curious but i realized that there was no opportunity to have um a community or like like-minded people with health and wellness at the corporate office mm -hmm. and i asked around and there's these um, they used to be called diversity and inclusion groups, and I think they've changed that title a few times a little bit now. But um, but they're just community. Think of like college clubs and communities, and they had that there. And I w I had an employee at the time, so I was a manager at the time, and I had an employee who was asking me to go through some of these slides because he was in the military ERG employee resource group, and he was one of the chairs of it. And so he's like, can you go through these slides with me? And I'm like, sure. And so I went through the slides with him, and I was asking him questions. I said, why is there not one for health and wellness here? Why is there no group? Mm -hmm. He goes, well, you should start one. That is the worst thing to say to somebody like me. <laughs> Boom. Boom. You're off and running, right? Because <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> Literally, that was like in the middle of the summer, and by October, the group was formed. <laughs> so I did. I started it and um, got the approval for the diversity and inclusion team to start the group, and we came up with a name, and um, that's where it started. And it was as funny as it says, it's a pun intended, it was started organically. It yeah. was me and one other woman that I happened to get connected with. I didn't even know her. She was in the geek squad. Um, <laughs> and she was a geek and she was awesome. Same age. We're almost exactly the same age. It was awesome. Um, she started doing things with me and we just started um, getting people to join. What was funny is the kickoff meeting. I still joke about this. So uh, okay, so the company I worked for was Best Buy. So Hubert Jolie was our CEO at the time. And we had this, I had my little kickoff in one of the big meeting rooms. Well, I was competing with the attention of Hubert having oh a big gosh. conference down in the main area of the building. So I had like whole five people show up. Yeah. I'm like, dang it. I'm yeah. like, thanks. I didn't know that was going to happen. It was kind of a funny thing. He had like 300 people and yeah. I had like five. I'm like, thanks, Uber. Um, <laughs> but it was pretty funny. But then the group started with a handful of people. And by the time I left seven years later, it was a thousand people in that membership. That's it great. was the largest 
They call them focused inclusion networks, FINS, is what those clubs, they've seen it as a club. Mm -hmm. And I had no budget. I had zero money unless I asked for it. Um, and I had to build executive sponsors, so I had the chief, I'm sorry, I had the uh, senior uh, vice president of um, health and wellness at the company. He was our main one. And then I brought in another woman who was a senior director and and had them be my sponsors for the mm -hmm. group. And, you know, just as guides and everything. And obviously he would actually try to find budget money to help when I needed it. Everything was honestly done on just um, sheer grit and yeah. creativity and asking members what they wanted. So when I left, so... Like I said, I, I loved what I was doing in my career, but that I did not see that coming, that change in me. So I started at the same time, I was doing three things. My corporate job, being a mom, I should I guess number four. <laughs> but then, um, so I had that group, and then I also started Libra Health Coaching back in 2014, but I was doing it as the side hustle. So it was always there, and I had one-off clients here and there that I could fit in. Um, so I was doing the three things. So by the time I went through, continued through my career as I was a senior manager in supply chain, completely opposite <laughs> of what I was doing. But it was fun and I loved the company. I loved my friends and I, so I'd been there. By the time I left in September of 2021, I had been there over 17 years. Mm -hmm. So I'd been there a very long time. Um, and so when I walked away, I walked away both from my, my day job and that group which was really hard. Mm -hmm. Both both of them were hard. Um, but I learned a ton. So when you were talking earlier about the community, it is truly lighter fluid. It can mm -hmm. make a huge difference, especially, um, you know, in, that, in the work environment. When mm -hmm. you feel like you have allies, you're there so much of your life working. So to be able to have that, mm -hmm. to be able to build that community, it was wonderful. Remind me again, um, how often was that group meeting? Was it once a month? We would always have one activity a month but then we'd also build bigger activities throughout the year too okay. and we would have i was one of those i always see people as humans like people you know people are always like you went in front of the executives i remember there's multiple times where we and i built things as big as company-wide um wellness challenges yeah. and walking challenges we'd have them annually and at least once a year if this big walking challenge and I was on a team with our chief financial officer at one point, walking with her throughout the, co the corporate campus. She was, I mean, these leaders are super competitive. So oh, they yeah, love it. Yeah. And they love health and wellness. Many of them love health and wellness too. So it was like a no brainer. But to get in front of them to say, would you participate? You know, people are like, oh my gosh. I'm like, they're just human. They're mm -hmm. just like us. They yeah. just have big titles, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was such an experience, the key to that whole thing being super successful not only was the community but the leadership getting involved with the community was really what kicked it off when the more that the leaders walked the talk the more that the employees joined in too it was wonderful so I took all of that experience and I brought it into Libra even more and I was like there's this sweet spot with regards to occupational wellness that a lot of health coaches don't lean into it's more about the diet and the exercise yeah. but yet you spend so much of your life working um and yet you're always trying to find and i hear you guys talk about it in past episodes about that balance or mm -hmm. the you know the work-life balance um, and that's what i struggled so i learned firsthand and had to figure out how do i continue to adapt my life in different ways um 
in little ways. It's the little things that I, I found that if I just tried and see if it works. If it doesn't work, okay, move on. Can I adapt it, mm -hmm. do something else? And that's really how I coach too. Everyone is unique in how they their life is lived, mm -hmm. their environment, who their you know, the social circle is. So that's where my um, business has led into is really focusing on how to, especially busy working moms that are got the kids, they got the job, they, they want the job, you know, um, and then they have to try to take care of themselves. And oftentimes they get to a point, they're like, oh my gosh, I've gained weight. I don't know. I'm so stressed all the time. Right. And that's where the coach comes in and says, okay, hold up. Let's see if we can figure out a way to make this work. Cause there is a way to make it work. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to dive into some, some big details about what it is that you're doing as far as coaching. So, good. um, yeah. Am I good enough? No. I think you're good. I think you're good. Yeah. I, got, I got a couple things I just want to, before I get into this next question, but the things that I just, that I, that I love that I just heard from you is a, your passion, right? There's a passion there and that's what, that's what drives you. And that's what, that's where you are today. But then the other piece is organically how that whole thing started. Right. And I think with that passion and just kind of letting that kind of come. And then, like you said, at the very end there, you try some things It might not work, but then it just, it, it just, you know, you start to piece it together. I love it. So that's going to bring me into the next question here. We talk so much about routines, right? And there's lots of research on the importance of routines or getting yourself, if it's, if it's a morning routine or maybe after work routine or before you go to bed, whatever that may be. But I just want to know, what does your typical uh, morning or after work routine look like? And then does it change on the weekends? And then how how do you how can you create or how can you tell the listeners how people can create positive routines or habits so for me personally the early morning and i kind of touched on that earlier um starts with the peace i like have to i wake up i have a dog too so i look at quotes and dogs too yeah, Kevin. yeah. Uh, that's my favorite that's honestly. why the internet exists i'm telling you jenny for dogs i love it uh so he gets me up he likes to get me up i swear he's kind of he likes to snuggle with me on the couch so it's very peaceful i set my place the day before sometimes i'll put like my notebook there and i have my headphones if i feel like i need them just to really zone out and listen to a meditation but uh, I'll wake up early just to kind of, it's my centering. It's mm -hmm. like centering for my rest of my day. And if I do that, I feel like I can c accomplish anything throughout the day. And it just, it's also like your brain has been resting all night. So like the best ideas, the inspirations come first thing in the morning too, when you're just in silent. Plus my nerves get start getting fired as soon as my boys wake up so i want to do it before they get up <laughs> and it, it's uh so my my morning routine will be something as early as like 5 5 30 sometimes 6 just depends because i have to flex and then i get up before they do and sit on the couch um first listen to a meditation sometimes i'll watch like an uplifting youtube video mm -hmm. i have leaders that i've followed for yeah. years and i'll listen to them just to kind of lift your energy which we talked about earlier too yeah. um and then you know my dog is peaceful he likes to just sit there and snuggle so it's something soft to sit there and then i'll do some yoga um sometimes that just depends on how much time i've got once again flexibility but consistency so if it's just 15 minutes if i have enough time for 30 or 40 i'll do that um 
and I do that online. So it's like I have a program that I, uh, I have a subscription mm -hmm. for that I do. And, and, and it's in, I am an introvert, believe it or not, Kevin, I'm very much, I'm an introvert yeah. and an extrovert. I'm that one of those that sits on the fence. Yeah. So from, and I didn't realize that. And I realized that's where my anxiety was actually coming from. Mm -hmm. I wasn't giving myself the time to recharge. I'm like a phone. I get mm -hmm. used and used all day and that's my extrovert. I can sit and be social and hang out. And I love people. I love their stories. I love getting to know them. But it can wear on you. And then I, and I saw it and then I end up going home and I need to charge. I need, it's yeah. literally like plug me in and mm -hmm. let me charge. And yeah. that's what the morning routine really is there for. So I, think I can charge a, to a hundred percent so that I can get through the day. <laughs> I think that's a really good distinction. Uh, noting that just because you're an introvert doesn't mean you don't enjoy people. To me, I'm an introvert because what I need to do to recharge is be by myself. Mm -hmm. Right. An extrovert, is going to a concert and being with 2,000 people, that energizes them. So I, I'm glad you pointed that out because yeah. I love people. Obviously, I work in a you know a, a organization with 2,000 people in it, and, and I'm with people all day. Right. But I have to. That's a great analogy, the, yeah. the, the phone charging. I love that. Uh, so your other question was around create, advice for others. Yeah, how, do you, how, do, how can people create those positive... Um, routines or habits what are some ways they could do that well they have that's the thing with coaching and a lot of people I'm not selling a product or I'm selling a service for people to help just have that ally to have that person that's asking them the tough questions so that's uh, a, a common thing but to get them to think differently and also figure it out for themselves. So every person's different, they, and that's how I was trained too, and it made complete sense. Everyone's as unique as their fingerprint as mm -hmm. to what their life is like. So, um, but the little, the little things, the, the number one thing is being willing to try. When you're at that stage of wanting to make change, you're gonna be willing to try. But you don't have to do it like we see in social media and all of these where you have to go Sorry, Kevin, run a 50-mile race <laughs> next weekend. You know what I mean? That's the extreme. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you're training for it, but there's some people that feel like they have to just go. Go, do go it. Yep. run yeah. eight miles, and you haven't ran a mile in the last yeah, five that's, years. That's, that's crazy. But that's what we see sometimes, and we think that we're not good enough if we don't do something that extreme. And that, But the, what ends up doing is you try it, and you're like, oh, I failed because I didn't do it, and then they just go back to their old ways. And that's the last thing you need to do or want to do. Um, so the best thing is just to try one small thing. Like, what is it? Some people just have to have time to reflect. What do I enjoy doing? Do I like meditation? Some people don't. Some mm -hmm. like just to do deep breathing, breathing exercises, and figure out what, you know, just, and then try it. Try it for, give mm -hmm. it a good shot, seven days, just try it. And I don't say, like, go in there for 45 minutes because that starts to get people overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. 15 minutes, 10 yep. minutes. And then just keep adding it on. They start to stack on top of each other when you figure it out. If you don't like it, I, I tell clients, I'm like, after we've met, you know, for the last session, they've tried something for two weeks. Did you like it? And they're like, oh, I like this part of it. I didn't like that. Good. Then let's adjust. Just take it out. Like, don't even think about it. Don't get upset about it. Don't get mad at yourself for not liking that. Just let it go. If you didn't like it, you might like it 10 years from now because that's happened to me where I'm like, I didn't really care about meditation. I was like, eh, the breathing techniques or even EFT, which is tapping, yeah. things like that. Like, those techniques were taught to me and I like they didn't resonate with me at the time but they come back so at least they explored it and they they know what they like or not and so then what you just do is try to get people to try it do yeah. little things and then it, it ends up incorporating into your life and you just start kind of building from there I would say uh, when you talk about meditation or even yoga I go back in my life personal personal here is that I remember 
being introduced or someone talking to me about meditation and I'm like there's no way I'm ever going to do that why you know and then actually reading a little bit about it and then starting it like you said starting for uh, for me it was two minutes and then moving to five minutes and to ten minutes and then now I can if I if I have the time I can go 30 minutes I can go an hour but I would I wouldn't I would say the same thing it's just you have to try and uh, those little baby steps one step at a time and now for me I I get way if I if I don't have that meditation time or that quiet time or I my I'm all over the place and so I have to come back to that and I'm so grateful now for the the people that have talked to me about meditation and one of them being my wife but to meditate and, and that's you know again some people that might not be for them but maybe it's like you said uh the breath work or sitting in stillness or going for a walk in nature whatever that may look like but i think that's so important to uh, going back to what you said earlier grounding right to to be able to ground yourself so i love it i love that advice so thank you for sharing that so jenny you already mentioned something about work-life balance we talk about that um I'm so interested in this next question because you're in, in a unique position. Your job is helping others with work-life balance, essentially, yeah. and, along with other things. But So how do you, as, as a health coach, how do you achieve that for yourself? I mean, I would imagine this is a very, um, could be in a very emotionally um, connected position. I mean, your job, your 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 you're really bonding with your clients i'm guessing you're you're Absolutely. going through the highs and the lows and um so how how is that impacting your own ability to practice essentially what you're preaching yeah that's a good question um so it can be being a health coach and i'm so i'm naturally an empath which is also another reason i was having anxiety so i i can feel people's feelings so like that whole talk about energy i can feel that yeah. i can and i didn't know it i just didn't know what i didn't know but going into meetings at work i would just like sense i'm like oh gosh this one's not going to be good there's just you know mm -hmm. that energy of those people in the room um but i've learned since learning that that i can control my energy and how I present myself, and that oftentimes actually um, impacts others. So um, I have to do, you know, I have to be very, and it's it's going to be so hard to explain. But there's a way of protecting my energy while being empathetic and being a good coach and listening. So I I understand. I have to find this like it's a weird emotional barrier of getting uh, close to the client and feeling what they're feeling, understanding. Because I have many times I I know exactly what they're. I mean, not exactly, because I'm not in their shoes, but I, I have enough empathy to understand because I've gone through similar experiences, um, but to protect myself. So I end up, sometimes those conversations can get pretty deep, like mm -hmm. hearing some of the very personal, personal stuff, because that is really what's the driving force of the decisions they're making, the decisions they don't want to make, right? Um, so then I end up having to, I have to do it myself. So there's times we were talking about, like, just, realizing you have to take a break sometimes i will mm -hmm. literally get up and just walk outside with mm -hmm. no phone no nothing the dog stay, even stays in the house i just have to go outside stick my feet in the grass and just sit there listen to the trees and just take my mind off of everything mm -hmm. and it's a protective mechanism but it's also to kind of recenter myself um i know 
it's it's a tough one to explain to people, but it really comes to what you guys talk about in all your podcasts is that, that presence. Mm-hmm. The hardest part of getting out of that anxiety mode, which I didn't expect, was to really be so mindful that you get yourself back in that present mode. Like mm-hmm. when you start to feel the feelings of being anxious or stressed, like, whoa, okay, hold up, stop. What is causing me to feel this way right this second? Like, just to, like, really to, but to get to that point is so hard for yeah. people because you're just getting so sucked into everything that's going on. It's hard to get yourself out um, and then get yourself present. So I'm not sure if that's answering your question, but it's, a lot of it is, um, it, it's funny, you'll talk to nurses. I have friends that are nurses, and they're like, I'm, we're the worst patients. We are <laughs> the worst patients. And sometimes, and I have a whole group of health coaches I hang out with, too, and sometimes we are the, our worst. <laughs> we are the worst, too. Like, mm-hmm. let's, But we have to be uh, mindful that we have to walk the talk, just mm-hmm. like I was trying to get those leaders to do the same. That's how you teach others is by doing it yourself. And so I'm like this forever student. I'm constantly wanting to learn more and more. I'll be doing this till I'm dead, basically. I'm always yeah. learning. Um, about better ways to be healthier, what works, and um, so. But for me, it's it's to do it myself. It actually motivates me to have clients and, and help people because um, they may bring up there's things they brought up I've never even heard of. I'm like I'm gonna go look into that. I'm gonna give that a try. They motivate me too, um, and they educate me, and I then go deep into it and learn it as much as I can. So then I'm hey I can share that off to somebody else because there's stuff coming all the time to stay on top of it all. Um, but I hope that helps answer. I I really have to be careful with how I plan my day, pre- you know, prepping my day. And then also, like, I am, I'm, I'm, it's so funny, that corporate girl in me, but I've always been really organized. I actually block time off on my calendar I, so that people can't even, like, book time with me. My mm-hmm. lunch is sacred. Mm-hmm. I get my hour, and that lunch is, like, eating, but it's also going outside and being in nature because I live in the woods, so it's beautiful. I just go hug a tree, whatever that might be. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, and, or just take the dog to the park that's behind our house. So um, I make sure that I have those moments where I disconnect, especially with us. And that could be a whole other topic about EMFs and things like that. But getting away from the electronics is a key one for me, too. We could have a whole podcast <laughs> on that, Kevin. <laughs> I, it's funny, that energy, I, and it must be for me being an empath and not knowing it, but that energy um, difference makes a you know what i mean like you mm-hmm. can you can feel it and it's funny like and they always too. say e um i don't know if you guys ever watched the documentary e motion e dash motion but um energy in motion so if you feel that like that feeling of anxiousness it's it's moving within you you physically feel mm-hmm. the emotion so like i the hardest part is being that self-aware that you see it before it gets the bad you know gets to a bad point um that has taken me a long time but to, to like for myself but then also trying to help others do that too it makes a world of difference it gets you back into that present state so that you can actually be fully effective for everyone you're working with if that makes sense and for yourself to be honest i'm not perfect for by any means yeah. but i've had to keep trying mm-hmm. different techniques to get to be able to have it so that there's some balance in my life and to also give myself some grace it's mm-hmm. not going to be perfect every day yeah. grace is like the one word you will hear from me so much especially for moms we are so hard on ourselves so hard on ourselves um that we just do not give ourselves 
credit for one trying. Like, even if it was, I, I'd have clients that are like, oh, I only did 10 minutes. Great, you did 10 minutes. <laughs> that was 10 minutes more than you did right, yesterday. Right. Like, be, like, be happy you did that. Like, stop going, well, I didn't do the total 20 minutes. Like, so what? You did 10. Like, you know, and like, it's okay if you don't get it done today. That means you have a new day tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. Or could you fit it in before bed? Whatever it may be that they're trying to do. Yeah. We just got to be really kind to ourselves. I don't know, you know, if that's a societal thing that's changed over the years or not, but we need to be, be kinder to ourselves. And just then it doesn't feel so... Like such a struggle to yeah, try. I, I really want health and wellness to be fun. There's ways yes. to incorporate yeah. it so it can be enjoyable, not for just you, but your whole family. Well, we got to stop comparing ourselves to others, yes. right? Well, I mean, it's, yeah. it's self-compassion is, is so key. I think you said it. We're, we're so hard on ourselves. We're so critical of ourselves. But to to, to go inward and to uh, to to love ourselves. Right. I mean, that's okay to do right. and to be kind to ourselves and to have... You know, it can start with positive um, thoughts, positive talk, all that stuff. But I love that. And the other piece I love that you said, Jenny, is that that boundaries, setting boundaries for yourself. And that's really what came when I was listening to you. It's like being able to set boundaries. It's okay. And then the other piece is you're not going to be perfect, and you 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 might it might not work all the time. But just to keep going and and to you know move forward every day with positive intention so i love it uh i stole your last question so i'm going to take this one you go right ahead pal i'm back on track um i I was uh reading the document wrong there um (laughs) i'm the producer of the show come on and you screw (laughs) you can fire me anytime (laughs) that tech guy (laughs) Um, that's right he's a tech guy mental health we talk a lot about mental health um and it's such a big topic right i mean it's just it's just huge um what does it mean to you um what 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 is it how does it impact you what do you think about it um we not only in kids but adults um what are you based on you know your work with your clients just what's your take on it what are you seeing uh how do you think it can be addressed better um it's pretty broad but yeah I, and I've heard you ask others in, in your podcast this one too, and it's a tough one. I think, and I can't remember which one of you said that um, it's, we've kind of, it's the word mental health has yeah. been kind of meaning like something's wrong with you. Yeah. There's Negative. absolutely nothing. Exactly. I think it's actually where our control and our power comes from right. is our mental health. It's the epitome of our health. Mm-hmm. If your mind, you could be the best athlete or like be such in great physical shape, but you could have a terrible mindset or not sleeping or not keeping your mind and spirit uplifted that it's your body is going to eventually break down it mm-hmm. will it just can't ta- it can't handle that uh i just don't see how it could couldn't so i feel like the the terms mental health have been yeah i do like it's sometimes used like there's something wrong there's anxiety there's depression yeah there is um but that's actually we should all see it as a way of um power and strength in those words instead i think we just need to we're good as humans to like put a label on certain terms in a certain way right um and i think that's what that one came that one comes from but 
it's the mind is so powerful there's a lot of work i follow because of my own health, uh, mental health journey so there's depression and anxiety runs in the family go figure that's where it comes we're all super hard workers in my family um very go-getters um i'm probably to the extreme but um because i'm the only one to put myself through school and got a four-year degree but i have you know brothers that are firefighters and you know two of them that are firefighters i have a brother or a nephew um, that's a police officer and a niece who's his wife who's a 911 dispatcher from Minneapolis like crazy stressful you know things happen in our family we're high achievers to keep that mental health stability is huge and I think that's I want people to realize that um, the mind is so powerful and when you connect the mind with the emotion and the words that come out of your mouth it mm -hmm. is like once again it's like lighter fluid on how you your whole life is going to be so you can say affirmations till you're blue in the face, but if you don't believe those affirmations and you don't truly believe them in your heart, they're just words. But although words are very powerful, what comes out of your mouth is very powerful. Um, but you, the feeling of it will really change you. When you feel like you're in health and you feel like you have control, it is it will actually completely change your life. And it took me so long to figure that out, To to take and tell my monkey brain to shut up <laughs> once and for all that I was in control that ego in us and it's ego um, there's many different like thought like scientists and thought leaders and you know out there um, that that ego wants to take control because it's a biological human um, control part of us mm -hmm. as humans it's always keeps us safe it keeps us you know doing things um, so it's it's it but being able to control it is the hardest part i think that the way we have it in society now where we have so much social media and this comparison game mm -hmm. that ego gets so can get so loud and we don't have enough time to be present that we to like almost like shut it down shut down that ego thoughts or the monkey mind whatever you want to call it if we don't have that time to actually stop and shut it down it ends up just controlling our thoughts all day long and it impacts our sleep and how we eat and we you know I mean it's so I feel like the word mental health I'm okay with it I don't see anything wrong with it I feel like if somebody is saying I want to improve my mental health I'm like heck yeah game on let's go yeah mm -hmm. like this is a time to take control because as soon as you start doing that and you use that as a big component of your health and wellness that other changes just fall right into place yeah it's funny because you know if somebody were to say hey i'm going to start going to the gym good for you like no nobody nobody like looks at anybody going to the gym working on their physical health as as oh what's wrong with you right but when you say oh i need to work on my mental health there's this connotation that oh something's wrong something's wrong and that's what we're trying to change yeah. that's one of the that's one of the big reasons we when we talk about on this podcast, we want to change that. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not saying Kevin and I are going to, but we want to talk about it is what I want to say. We want more people to talk about mental health and not being from like Kevin's saying is like, Hey, great working out, but the mind, the body, the spirit, they're all interconnected and you, you can't have one without the other. And so you have to, t if you're taking care of your mental health, th it's all going to come together. And so, um, being think, aware of it, yeah. I think there's this other idea, too, that we would like to dispel, at least me personally. You don't need to work on your mental health only if you have, yes, like, an official exactly. diagnosis. Like, that's that that idea needs to go away, right? <laughs> right? Um, you know, 
just because you don't have an official diagnosis doesn't mean that you don't have a component of mental health. We all have mental health. We all have minds. We all. Um, so that's that's the kind of the thing that we want to. And the and the thought of stress, the yeah, the creation of stress that we call we label it stress. That in itself, I think anyone undiagnosed yeah, or not absolutely. has has that feeling of physical stress, yeah. and that is the mind telling the body to be in that cortisol state mm-hmm. of stress that we've labeled stress. So even if you're not diagnosed, you ha- I guarantee Correct. somebody's got stress and Correct. trying to figure that out how to control it before yeah. the stress gets to be too much. Yeah. And they probably, a lot of, and like me, I was living in that stress mode that I thought that was normal. I honestly mm-hmm. thought that's just how you're supposed to live until it literally just kicked me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, wake up woman, you need to do something. It's physically impacting your body. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. That's powerful. Yes. And it's nice that you guys talk about um, about mental health and wanting to change the stigma. I give you a lot of credit for that. That is something when I worked at Best Buy that the even at the chief level, they worked. They I can't remember what year it was, but they one of them came out and said, I have had depression and I'm getting treated for it and told hmm. the story, their personal story. And that just then everyone under them, I mean, that's the highest level yeah. of the company, saying, oh, that if they can have it and they're working through it and it's okay to have that. That mm-hmm. I thought was the most amazing leadership quality. And then there's others that, uh, another leader that I worked with, um, at also at the chief level, had immense anxiety, went through it, and he um, talked about his experience with it, crippling anxiety mm-hmm. and how he got out of it, how meditation was one of his mm-hmm. biggest allies in controlling it. I mean, his job was incredibly stressful. Um, and, I us- and I used him, he was willing to like go in front of literally hundreds <laughs> if not thousands of our employees to actually like even meditate with them, but also talk about his own story. That talk about leadership and you guys talk about leadership that is powerful powerful. if you're willing to be the human behind the leader you will make a huge impact yeah that's great cool all right i'm gonna kind of switch it up here but you know there is so much out there research again on the addiction of our our phones social media all that stuff and how that's driving the way we think the way we do you know the the term you know FOMO, fear of missing out, all that stuff with kids. So a question to you is, you know, do you stay up to date uh, on, you know, the latest social media platforms or or what platforms maybe that you are on? Because I know you are on them because we do follow, uh, we do follow you. But who, and then the other thing, who do you follow? And then I'm going to ask a question about the addiction piece with, with kids here after you, you answer that. So I am on social media, both personally and then obviously business-wise. So um, I have always been on Facebook. I've been on that for a while. Um, Reminder that I came from supply chain. (laughs) So (laughs) from a business standpoint, I'm still learning the whole marketing thing, marketing and it's kind of sales, but I'm not a salesy person. Um, So I am on social media, for one, I'll just explain that. So I'm on Instagram for Libra Health Coach. Um, I'm still learning Instagram. I wasn't on there until now. Facebook, I've been on there. Um, LinkedIn, because I'm talking business, I'm Mm -hmm. talking personal life too. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit as well. Um, And hopefully I'll 
uh, I'm on TikTok, but more just as an observer. I don't do anything. It's more my personal thing. It's fun we to can watch. get you on a TikTok. Here I know. Today. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, I'll get on there. Uh. Um, so I, try, but because I am the chief of everything for this business at this point, I try to be careful and put another protective thing. Boundaries is not mm-hmm. to go too much into social. If I was not a business owner, you probably wouldn't find me on social. Yeah. I just it it is I another thing about being present is if I'm on there and I got the suck you know got sucked in. I'm very present. I'm going, oh, I'm getting sucked in. Mm -hmm. Pull out. Shut it down. Shut it down. Mm -hmm. And I actually play this game sometimes if I notice I'm just like mindlessly clicking on Facebook. Like, what the heck? Why did I just open this? That I actually move the app throughout my phone. So it's harder for me to find. It's like my brain can't find it again. I actually make a folder sometimes in there and then stick Facebook or something in there. So it's harder. It had to take more than two clicks to get to it. You have to take three or four clicks. Well, then you're like, by that point, like, screw it, whatever. You know what I mean? And it's just a mental thing. That's a great tip. Um, but for, you know, from the social media standpoint, I'm not a, I'm a fan, but I'm not a fan. There is a good place for it for us all to connect in a much bigger way. So I do see the benefits of it. And there's sheer joy in it. My Facebook feed is always positive. Yeah. It's the puppies yeah, and the yeah. animals Recipes. and nature and, you know, positive yeah. quotes and all that stuff. I love it. Um, and I intentionally make it that way. From my what I give out, but also what I receive in too. But um, for my children, I'll give that example. So I now have one that's about to turn 15 this month. He has no social media okay. at all, and I we intentionally did, my husband and I decided intentionally to do that. He actually has like a really old iPhone. Like we're, you wouldn't know I worked at Best Buy yeah. if, you look, if you followed me. Um, <laughs> And so he has a phone that has no social media, and he's also, and I limit his time. Mm-hmm. And he actually doesn't give me any crap about it. He we, he kind of like jokingly, because I'm a very sarcastic person. Um, and so my children are growing up that way. <laughs> he'll, he'll give me a little grief here and there. But um, he, um, yeah, his time, I control his phone with time limits because I want him to realize it or at least have that self-awareness or at least grow into an adult of self-awareness not to get so sucked in that is all of his day is gone because he has friends that will be on there there was a class he had and the teacher asked like go look on your phone and see how much time you're on social he was like oh my gosh like there was one girl for 12 hours of active on social he's like what in the heck that's your whole day and i'm like see you understand now why your mom tells you he i mean i, I think i give him i know it sounds mean like 45 minutes and he can request more time it'll send me an alert but um i i just want him to grow up to have more than just looking at a phone and getting outside and and he he showed me tendencies of having anxiety when he was young there was a lot of times where he was that self-doubt creeped in and he was showing anxiety so I think I'm even more cautious about how much exposure he has to that in the comparison game as a teenager is huge you know um, I don't want him to have that so much of that exposure that it actually affects his mental health I want him to feel like he's in control yeah that's like you said Jason there could be a whole show absolutely be a whole a whole podcast every episode could be about that i know There's so, so much research out there do i do appreciate you you sharing that and giving some actually great advice and some tips to those that are listening i want to move into uh, a little bit about uh your 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 job as a health and wellness coach um how can having a health and wellness coach help people that are burning out in their jobs and or their personal lives because 
we hear a lot in the field that we're in, people are tired, they're burnt out, um, they're thinking about getting out of a career, they're thinking about moving jobs, just they're, they're fried. So how could having a health and wellness coach help those people that are burning out? So what's unique, and I kind of brought it up with me, I didn't discover this as I was building this business, like what sets me apart from other coaches. And I'm not just about like working out and diet. Obviously that's part of it. But the real th- kicker is how do you have that, how do you incorporate the health and wellness in a way that's sustainable to having a busy life or a career or whatever. So the burnout is a real thing. And I think it's that's when you know that the, and it's ironic and it's, Honestly, I think it's divine how my logo came. I'm Libra. I'm October 19th birthday, so I'm a Libra, and that's how it all came together, and it's the scales. Go figure, balance, right? (laughs) I'm like, how the heck did that come to fruition? (laughs) Um, So, but when you feel that sense of burnout, you know the tips, the the scales have tipped way too far in one direction than the other. And so the coach comes back and says, sometimes it's our own self-defeating habits but also like we feel like we have to do something that is actually not really good for us and it's the coach that says i see some some things that you're doing do you want me to bring this up to you like share because it's somebody outside of your world looking in as an observer that sometimes actually goes i didn't even realize i was doing that and then they stop it you know what i mean or it's like do you would you want to adjust that so that you can actually make room to do something that's more positive in your life so the other unique thing with me is that I was a people leader for probably about 10 of the 17 years I was at Best Buy. So I had this, I was kind of the weird leader in this, not not that all of them aren't doing this, but I was one of those that I had that empathy. So I was very connected to my employees in the sense I wanted to really get to know them as people. I always wanted to. I wanted to, and I, the whole like mentality of leave it at the door did not sit well with me. Like if you, if your dog died literally the night before and you're yeah. coming into work, yeah. you're not going to be there. No. And it was hard. Or like if you lost a loved one or whatever, or you're going through a divorce. I mean, I had, I had employees that were going through all of those things and I didn't, I, I can't, I, there would be times where would be like, just do your work. Like you'd hear that from people, like just get your work done. Like you cannot do that. Yeah. But that whole like, um, I'm like, a, I, I finally realized I wasn't the weird one to like, if my employee, I'd give them an hour of my time every single week, which was way more than most would do. And they call them touch bases. And I wanted to do that. And I would make the time. If that mean, meant I had to work an extra hour at night, I would do that for my, you know what I mean? For them. Um, and I wanted to develop them into future leaders. And so I wanted to just, and so the, the, the point of this is I have this weird, like both the health and wellness side, but also that heart-centered leadership aspect where those leaders have to learn how to take care of themselves, but yet then they end up turning into good leaders too. And if you are a leader that really cares about your employees and wants your business to thrive in a way that actually is give back and give service or whatever and you want to do something that's fulfilling for your life that's kind of like where my world's kind of come into play as I've been there you know what I mean I've been through that and it's an okay thing to and in the hustle bustle fast pace of working in a business it's like you it feels so black and white sometimes and you feel odd like I, I did I always I was told I was too soft too nice you know gave up too much of my time to my employees and and in my head I'm like what I'm like no I'm and I finally grew up into into the world of going bs that's total bs mm-hmm. like 
I love being able to see the human behind the employee and what that ended up doing is making people that felt um, secure and felt good about themselves, which helped their mental health, helped them feel good in their occupational health, felt like there's a leader supporting them. That's what I really wanted to do. Um, and I want to do that also with those that are working in these hustle bustle jobs um, and trying to figure out their balance in life. I, I can't even tell you how many times you'd sit in a, a conversation with somebody and it goes from work and then personal. Mm -hmm. And then can you give me some tips on health and wellness? Mm -hmm. They all blend together. They all, your life, it's all encompassing. Um, so it's it's really, when it comes to coaching, I, ha I don't know, for me, it, I just have a different perspective in the sense of coaching. It's really adapting to that person's life and what their lifestyle is. Uh, I'm never gonna be one, you'll never hear me tell somebody what to do. And that's not really what legally what a coach is to do anyways. Yeah. Um, but it's really to understand and try to, I think that empathy ended up becoming one of my best assets. Me being that heart-centered leader and empathy actually allows me to kind of almost feel like I can get into their world enough to help them figure out a way to make it that much better for them. I hope that kind of answers the yeah, question. totally um, does. And I, I love it. And I want to kind of follow up with, and I know when we were talking <clears throat> before we got on the podcast here, um, just some of the different things that you're involved with, you know, if it's if it's from the supplement side of things or herbs or whatever is happening out there. And I saw this post, and I don't know if it was uh, it was on one of your social media platforms, if it was this week or last week, but you put a post out there about ashwagandha. And I'd love for you to to talk a little bit about that because I have my own experience with it. And I just want you to share the, to the listeners what is ashwagandha and and how could it help somebody. So it's, yeah, a natural herb plant that, I mean, I'm still learning it, but it was one of those that I was actually recommended to help with calming. It's kind of, there's so, like, when I throw those out there, it's like, a lot of people don't know about it. So I just throw them out there and it's where it sticks, you know, mm -hmm. hey, that might spark somebody to try it. And then they might go, oh my gosh, it's totally cha changed my life. Um, so I, I throw those out there as ideas because I, I do use it. I don't use it every single day, but when I feel like I need to take a chill pill, that's, I, I jokingly yeah. call it my chill pill. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. Um, it, but it's a natural way to calm the body. You know, it's same with other things like CBD that people try and um, certain teas, you know, chamomile and things like mm -hmm. that. There's so many out there, but um, with ashwagandha, it's um, for me. It, I mean, I, obviously, it's a plant and it's it got properties to help the body actually relax. Um, but it's one of those that it's a, like a toolbox of multiple things. And so, what the post you saw was out there just to share it yeah, so people it, can try it. And some a lot of people are like, "What are you? What did you just say?" I'm like, right. "Ashwagandha." Like, what language is that? <laughs> I know. Yeah, they don't have any idea. It's yeah. just to get you know. It's like those little sparks of information of things I learn and I try. And if I'm like, "Hey, have somebody else try this," and it doesn't work, it's not for everybody. No, it, but I, I would say, and I, I love it, and I love that you 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 put that post out there because. It was about a year ago, um, my sister, who uh, her and her husband live in Sedona, Arizona, and she had mentioned it to me just with the amount of stress as a leader and the things that I go through. She said, Jason, I really think you should try this out. And at first I was like, what? So I did a little reading on it. And then I've been, I've been using it for about a year now. And I have just found tremendous benefits for myself. Again, I am not a doctor. I am not anything like that. But for me personally, it has helped lower my cortisol levels, balanced out even my immune system and just some other things where I feel more balanced. And so 
um, I have found the so when I saw you, when I saw you post that I was like I'm going to ask you about that so I appreciate <laughs> you, uh, you you sharing sharing that with the listeners. Okay. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is I want to ask you about um, role models, um, mentors. You um, you know you talk a lot about how you come your your family is hardworking so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna guess just being the youngest of of eight children that. Um, you've had a lot of influence from your family, um, but maybe not. Um, so really, I just, I'm curious, uh, you know, you're clearly a leader and, and, uh, I want to understand what made you that way. Uh, if you even know, so who in your life, whether it was your childhood, maybe it was a mentor, uh, in, in your professional life, um, who's helped you along the way, who's inspired you, who's, who's influenced you to be the person that you are today. Ooh, I could get deep. Um, <laughs> Growing up without my dad around, that my brothers took the role of fathers. So five, I have five brothers. They and so my oldest is 14 years older than me. So he, I mean, when I was a little kid, yeah. he was already going off to do his own thing. Um, so they became the role model. And that with a family that big, my mom, the you, the kids end up helping each other out. You know, mom can't do everything when it's that you're very outnumbered at that point. And <laughs> and my sister, I did have a sister. She did pass away. She was handicapped, so a lot of the attention of my mother had to be with her because she was wheelchair bound, cerebral palsy. Um, so. And that was just, we just understood it that way. And it was the 80s. Things were different back then. You could just go outside until dark, right? It was different. Um, but from a leadership standpoint, watching, so my mother had to go, my father was an alcoholic. So that's a big reason why they got divorced. Um, even though they, I know now, looking at it, they loved each other. And I didn't see a whole lot of my father growing up. Um, and they, but they were never mad at each, like they were never angry with each other. They always kept the peace. But um, my brothers took that role, so I think that leadership role and that drive to work hard. My brothers started working for my, helping my mom by getting being on the paper route and bringing money in that way to help her. So I learned from them um, to work hard. I think that honestly, all of us are like that with regards to um, working and putting the effort in. Uh, my mom was also a role model. She's somehow through all the stuff she's gone through with the, you know, a child with you know that was handicapped, no money, my father, everything. She was so strong, and she, if you met her, she's still she's 86. She's one of my best clients. She always <laughs> uses me to help her out. Um, she is just so resilient and mentally. She has depression. She's been on medication for that since forever and um but she's so calm and resistant and resilient that that was one of the things that i think um if she could go through what she went through i can pretty much go through anything so that was probably one of my initial teachers as i was going through um i would say not so much i wasn't really realizing what i was doing to myself going through college and putting myself working all the time and then getting into the corporate career um, but when my life started to be like a major, I needed to make a major change, then it was, I knew my mental health. I mean, I was actually diagnosed with anxiety and I was taking medication at one point that uh, I needed to find those out there that could help me. So I, there are leaders out there that I, I even like wrote them down from that standpoint, but like even learning the science behind the mental health, the, how the brain is wired and how it affects the body. So like Dr. Joe Dispenza's work oh, is yeah. amazing. We just heard about Joe Dispenza from, uh, uh, Kristen 
doll. Mm -hmm. She brought yeah, she, she brought Joe Spendisoka. Yeah, amazing. If you, even if you just go on the YouTube, find a video, an interview, even just go look for him, watch it, listen. The best thing I can say is he has a book um, that I would recommend. Uh, becoming Supernatural. He's got multiple. But if you listen to that, he was an athlete that got severely injured. Severely. Back was broken. And his mind was actually what got him. He never went through surgery. His mind actually healed his body. I mean, hmm. it's as weird as that sounds. Just listen to it. He, and he's a brain scientist like that he models and studies people's brains when they're going through meditation and so on. Fascinating. But he was one of those. But from like a... I'm going to get kind of on the spiritual level, like on the spiritual soul level, I knew I needed to, there was just something not right. I was doing something that my soul was telling me I wasn't to, to do anymore. I was supposed to go on this different path. And I wasn't figuring that out. So like there was um, Dr. Wayne Dyer was one of them. He, his book, um, I See Clearly Now, was probably one of my absolute favorites. Mm -hmm. um, that book talks about, he wrote it, he's written 30 some books, but he wrote it later in his life before he passed away about the hindsight of his life and how his life like led him on this way. But also he's obviously all about the health and wellness, but also the mental health side too. So those were a couple of like the outside of my family leadership. There was leaders along the way that were even friends that just guided me through the the H-E double hockey sticks that I was going through. <laughs> um, or, um, you know, leaders that I worked with that were so, I mean, if I didn't have them at the time of these really bad moments, I don't know how I would have gotten through. Yeah. You know, great, my directors and managers that I worked with, that they did actually have that human compassion to say, you're going through a tough time. I know your work quality is not going to be the best. I'll get you, get you some help or I'll do it for you. You know what I mean? Like those leaders, those are the ones that I, I modeled after too. Like I didn't really, really realize it, but the way they were being compassionate to their employees and the, I think there's a different difference between a boss and a leader. Um, boss, you know, may just tell you what to do, but may not take the rein if you need help. And I was always wanting to be the leader that I, I've had it where I've had to help an analyst who literally some tragedy happened. I'd end up doing analytic work and I haven't done it in like 10 years. I'm like, I'm just, I got it. It has to happen. Business has to continue, but being flexible and understanding. So. Um, there was those leaders in my life that I would say that um, both personally, like I said, with my brothers, my mom, and there's te there's also teachers. My dad taught me a lot, too. Even though he wasn't around, I got to get to know him later in my life, my 20s into my 30s until he passed in 2018. So I got to get to know him knowing that, and I never was angry with him. I understood, actually, that the reason he did what he did was because of his own mental gremlins in his head you know getting not being able to get himself out of that world is what consumed him and there's probably a lot he would never have told he never told us you know he was in the war korean war and things like that there's probably all of that was in his mind so you know he didn't know how else to cope by the, other than drinking so you know though he was a leader a leader in his own right as far as like teaching me uh, a little bit about you know not everyone's perfect and you're going to have your own demons and some will get out of it and some won't mm -hmm. but yeah very powerful very powerful that is some good stuff all right as we we got a couple more questions here for no, you that's fine um i want to know because i'm a big food person and <laughs> i like food and i've had to really kind of um figure out ways to manage my food um, just because I've gone through my own personal journey with nutrition and weight and all that other good stuff. But 
Uh, what's your go-to meal? Like, if you're going to prepare for your family, what's what's that meal that Jenny Lang's going to prepare for the family that everyone's going to say, yes, mom's making her? Uh, so my husband doesn't cook. He, he <laughs> says he can boil water like nobody's business. Um, I actually throw make, him under the bus, oh, huh? <laughs> I do all the time, and he's used to it. I mean, if you go on my personal Facebook, you'd see it all the time. Um <laughs> And he, he just didn't learn. He wasn't taught how to cook. He'd rather just eat. He's six foot seven, so he eats a lot of food, um, a lot of food. Um, so my go-to meal, I'd probably, he likes anything that's like Mexican food style. So my, I always try to do something that's versatile if I can, although we all, my, even my younger boys, they eat whatever I give them. I, I kind of taught them, like, you have to try it. And, it, and then they're all, they still do it. It's like, what are you making? I'm like, I don't even have a name for it. I'm just making it up. <laughs> then they either like, oh, this is really good. I'm like, <laughs> See, seriously? Told you. That's yeah. So here. I usually make anything Mexican. Like the fun thing for them is like, I like to just have with Mexican food, you can have like a, just a big smorgasbord of stuff, rice and greens and cilantro and salsas and everything. Right. And so just to let them make their own burrito bowls. Oh, and it's so yes, filling, yum. you know, so I'll make a ton of meat. And what's mm. nice about that. I'm all, I'm all about cook once, eat two to three times, yeah. especially yes. with three men in the, I mean, I, I'm calling them men, but they're some of them are a little younger than others but my 15 year old's starting to show signs that he's gonna be a big boy too so um they eat they eat so much that i'm not gonna sit and spend every single day cooking i'd rather just make a big vat of it and then let them and then they can with something like that you can adjust like if you want the rice or you want to make tacos out of it the next day you know what i mean you can adjust it and that one's easy um and it's kind of fun honestly because with things like that, I'm all big about teaching your kids to get in the kitchen and have them help. Especially if you have boys. Boys like to help their moms. Just saying. Yes. Um, it's a natural tendency. But they'll, I'm like, here, can you cut these tomatoes? Can you cut these olives? Can you, you know what I mean? And get them involved in it. Then they have, a, they have this, when kids are involved in cooking like that, too, they have this pride. Like, I was a part of this, and this mm. tastes great. You know what I mean? And then that just sparks the fire of them wanting to eat it, too, because a lot of kids are picky eaters. But when they had a say in it, they'll love what they made. If you made it, not <laughs> <Yeah>. so much. <laughs> so that's usually my go-to is some type of, like, burrito bowl, taco bowl type. And it's fun. I also saw on your, I believe it might have been Instagram. I think it was your Instagram I was I was uh, digging around in. But so I got to say, so last night, Kevin, you, you – you know, you get a little stressed and whatever, come home from work, and I, I needed something sweet. And I try to put better foods in my body, not to say they're great. So I was taking these uh, Enjoy Life dark chocolate chips uh, with some peanut butter, and I was taking a big scoop of peanut butter, throwing it in my mouth, and then throwing in like a bunch of bunch of chocolate chips and i was just letting them soak in my mouth and then i cookie monster i know and i told myself i was only gonna do that one time do you think i only did it one time no i didn't i i I probably hammered through so much and i so now i'm like okay jason you gotta you gotta calm yourself but i did see there was something you had and it looked like i don't know if it was like oatmeal and then some chocolate chips or some peanut butter or something like that it it looked like a really simple recipe um i mean those are things that i mean that I mean, you can have, you know, that yeah. would be good, right? Yeah, and I'm all about simple. I, if it, the more simple, the better for me. And I actually like 
and have, it's kind of I like simple and just like it doesn't need to be perfect exactly like somebody else made it you can adapt and switch I'm always teaching people how to switch out the healthier version of something like you know honey versus whatever or coconut sugar is my go-to yeah. I actually make nothing with white sugar it's coconut sugar date sugar there's these alternatives now that work just as well um, but yeah I think the one you're talking about there's and it's fun it's fun to actually learn off of other people that are healthy healthy eaters too I think it may have been I've done it were avocado pudding literally it's avocados blended together with cocoa powder honey and if you want you can put a splash of vanilla extract in there some people Hmm. like that counter of vanilla with uh, with cocoa and you just blend it into a food processor and it's pudding and it's delicious it's filling because it's avocado obviously and you can make like a whipped cream using full fat canned coconut milk and some um I mean, like coconut sugar, it won't be white, white, but it's, it kind of has the consistency of that cream, you know, the whipped cream, if you want to put that on top, you know, and I've done things, I think the other one that you may have seen is um, black rice pudding. That was actually from a friend of mine who's a health coach and she's down in Florida and I went to visit last spring break and she's like, she, all it was, was black rice cooked and then cocoa powder and then honey Mm. and mix it. And it's like rice pudding but yeah. it was so good and i'm it, like i gotta keep making yeah. and then you can sprinkle like your chocolate chips Ch- on top yeah. and let it melt oh, oh yeah it's so good <laughs> no, and it's so simple she's like it's like the easiest thing but it's so delicious i feel like we're on the food network i know <laughs> so i'm getting hungry good. here so thank you i appreciate you sharing oh, that oh man jenny we're gonna wrap things up with one question left and this is this is kind of the big one right uh, super broad. It's super general. Um, you have given so much wonderful advice today for listeners, but I'm going to ask you one more time to provide some advice. What is one thing, just one piece of advice that you would give a listener who is trying to um, improve something in their life? Okay, so regardless of what area that it is that, that, that you're trying to improve, um, What's one thing that you would tell them to work on or to try or to think about um, that might push them in the right direction? And the reason that's hard is because everyone's so different. Absolutely. You know, they all have a different thing they want to work on. But um, the one bit of advice, I mean, it really comes back to just if you're if you're at that stage of wanting to to do something and you recognize it is just to try just try something just be but don't go into it thinking you're going to perfect it go in there just try it and wing it like just be like a little kid again and explore right that would be my number one thing to do is just um people get so fearful they're not going to do well doing it or whatever or um they, they just don't know what they're doing. They're winging it. Just try it. Just try it. And if it doesn't work, then just let it go and do something else. Yeah. I think that's really the only thing I can think of. It's the thing that's tough as a coach is seeing those that they want to make that they're at. There's different stages of change when you're coaching and psychology behind it. But if they're not at that stage of really wanting to make the change, they're just they're like pre-contemplative. They're not sure. They're just kind of observing. They're not sure if they're ready. That's it's really depends if you're really ready to try. And you just want you're like right there, like I want to try something. Just do it. 
and explore like have fun with it that's the thing i think that i don't see as often either is people don't want to have they don't have much fun doing health they think health and wellness is deprivation and diets i mean and just you know what i mean it's just that does not sound fun to me and i try to make fun having you know doing things and getting in the kitchen trying new things or if it doesn't work out i've done it on facebook where i posted like wow this cookie recipe failed big time <laughs> like but at least we tried but yeah. um that would be my one thing Dip your toe in the water, right? Right. Okay. I love it. All right. Jenny, this conversation I feel like could go on for another hour. Um, but I got to thank you so much for, for joining us today. This was super fun for me to reconnect with you. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've, we've reconnected a couple of times over the years uh, for various reasons. But uh, we're grateful for the conversation. This has just been full of uh, some laughs, some learning, some insights, um, some wisdom and, and, and uh, information about what you do as a health coach. Um, and I want to I wanna honor that. Where, where can folks find you? I know you mentioned it a little bit, and we'll make sure to put everything in the show notes as well, too. But uh, I, want be, I want folks to be able to find you so that they can access you. Okay. Uh, well, website, LibraHealthCoach.com. Um, on Facebook, there's Libra Health Coach uh, on there as well, the Facebook page. The one thing I do recommend if people want to find a community where I'm leading a community, it's called Recalibrate Yourself. The word Libra is within that. Um, and it's a really good, tight network of people at all stages of health and wellness. It's very similar to what I was doing at the in the health wellness group at Best Buy, but it's on Facebook. It's a Facebook, and we'll have I have like little mini challenges, or yeah. I'll ask fun questions and get to know each other and support each other there. So there's that as well, and Instagram as well. Okay, we'll make sure we put notes. I'm part of that recalibrate group, so I see stuff come through. Yeah, that's awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Jenny, thanks for coming in the studio today. It was so much fun. And I was excited just because Kevin had told me a little bit about you and then doing some research on what you do. And um, I think there's so many connections and I'm going to probably continually ask you questions um, uh, moving forward. But thanks for hanging out with the two principals today as we continue on this journey, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. And as, we, and as we wrap up today's episode, we'd love for you to follow, subscribe, rate, review our podcast wherever you listen. We are so grateful for your support. As always, follow us on all of our social media accounts at Two Principles, and you can also find us on the web at www.twoprinciples.com. Any questions that you have for Kevin or myself, email us at twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for raising your frequency today and looking inward. Wishing you peace and happiness on your journey wherever it is that you are. Remember, a better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Until next time, get out of your head and into your heart.